something a little bit more pressing. We've had our listeners text in and phone in. There's some concern leading into the Rugby World Cup. And we've got our expert here, Thomas the Tank Waldrum. Thomas, great to have you on the show again. Thank you very much for having me. Well, what's your situation looking like at the moment? I thought you'd be doing uh, some volunteer coaching or something. How's your weekend looking? Uh, not too bad. No, it's nice the sun's out. Um, no, I actually just finished uh, taking my boys down for athletics. So we're just doing some pre-winter training coming into summer. So now that the rugby's sort of coming to an end for my two boys, so my uh, Troy, my oldest, hit the Hurricanes Under 14 tournament on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then that's him done now, which was a quite a good uh, little tournament in Wellington. And then my youngest, Kate, has got a tournament up in Taupo uh, in a couple of weeks. And then that's rugby done. And then attention goes to athletics. Oh, so what, what, what sort of events in athletics are they doing? What are your expertise? Uh, oh, I shop on discus. So my, um, yeah, so they, uh, we go down to the local um, Shaka Solar Throwing Academy in, um, in Wellington here. Um, awesome. So you know we do we do the um, throwing uh, uh, sort of on the weekends uh, and on a, on a Monday night, and then uh, and then we do um, other stuff during the week as well for the for them, not me, but for the kids for the uh, track side of things as well as throwing. Mate, I'll tell you what. Um, I played in that Black Clash game with Tom Welsh, and he is a proper athlete. Eh? Like you, you look at his um, his season and what he goes through. I mean, those shot putters. Unbelievable flexibility and power. Oh, and yeah, and they eat heaps as well. But you know that he's, um, yeah, he's definitely an athlete. And that's, and that's the thing. Over, he had to travel around Europe for these competitions for the Diamond League, and uh, just probably just to get sponsorship and get paid and stuff. And there, I think that's the toughest thing. You can't just stay in New Zealand and compete. You got to yeah. travel around the whole world every every year, year on year, to to get there and to compete against. The, and if you want to compete against the best, you have to. You have to travel around the world because a little New Zealand stuck at the bottom. Bottom, you have to go elsewhere to uh, find competition and um, and challenge yourself. Oh, mate, it's great that you're getting involved with the kids. And I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in sports. I think all of our kids need to be playing as much sports as possible just to make them decent human beings, but find that those soft skills that they need to to perform in in everyday life. But we're we're one week out of the opening weekend of the Rugby World Cup now. And obviously, we had the All Blacks that suffered that massive loss against the box. Should we be concerned? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think, um, and that's the thing. I think they, the All Blacks. I don't know if they were trying to try new things out, or they just like because sometimes that's the thing leading up to World Cups. I know I've been involved with them. Like you get, you only want to use two or three moves sort of for that one game. You, you don't use the whole playbook. Um, so I don't know if they were just trying to keep very simple so they're not giving too much away where they might be working on stuff in the, in the background um, but that's, I think like, the discipline thing that's the, probably the, the thing the biggest concerning thing is um, yeah just being disciplined and not giving all those penalties away in the lineouts and letting the forwards um, be dominant like they were probably I mean I was saying to some of the listeners I mean they, they were calling me uh, an optimist because I said, you actually, if anything, you want to suffer a defeat like that before a World Cup because it, it tightens things up significantly. Yeah, and I think probably this is the first time where a lot of people probably aren't talking about All Blacks. They think, or they definitely weren't. And then I think they had those um, 
four four games on the trot where they actually were performing really well and they were sort of put back on notice and then sort of South Africa sort of knocked them over at, after those four games and so then yeah they sort of dropped down the picking order again. Um, so no, I think oh, that's the thing. I think that's the thing with World Cups is game by game you got to you got to slowly build and you saw that probably from South Africa the last World Cup. They didn't set the world on fire before it. They just slowly went about their work and. By the time they came to the final, they were just they were fresh and they were just willing to go after it. And then that's I think that's a good thing. I think the profile of All Blacks probably hasn't been as 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 high as it has been over the last sort of three or four World Cups. Well, I was uh, I was looking at predictions leading into the World Cup, and um, you know it was meant to be I guess the, the the people that they thought the experts leading into World Cup, and I think only one of them had New Zealand winning it. Um, other other than that, it was France seemed dominant, but also the Springboks snuck in there with one of the predictions. Um, it's such a hard one to pick, isn't it? Oh, it is, and then that's the thing. Like when Ireland came over here and showed how to win against New Zealand on New Zealand soil, and that's the thing. People will be looking at all these analysis and stuff like that, and looking how other teams gone about and sort of target them in certain areas and gone after them. Well, I think Ireland, a lot of their stuff was like skill, a lot of ball and play from all, 1 to 15 and just different variations and stuff like that. And then the Seraphins sort of come and put pressure on set piece and being real physical. And So I think people are definitely looking at uh, other teams of how they've gone about to sort of go and beat New Zealand. But yeah, I think, and that's, and that's a good thing about it. Um, Ireland probably haven't shown their hand after coming down here and sort of giving New Zealand a good, a good uh, spanking. Where, and then you got France that are so, slowly going about their business as well. But they picked up a couple of injuries over the last couple of weeks, which I think might affect them probably more than more than they think. Yeah, how, when you look at um, our run-in and uh, the fixtures that we will be playing, obviously the first one, that's a significant one, isn't it, France? Coming up in just seven oh, days. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think, and I think by looking at, I think they've done the right thing. I think they've sort of got away from the media side of things. And um, I know I was talking to uh, Dane before he left, and I think they had uh, stuff penciled in. I think they were going to uh, England playing that game, and then I think they had like maybe four or five down days where they're going off and doing other things. Um, went to the Adidas uh, over in Germany. I think they've just and then sort of got away from it for a little bit. And now I think come Monday they'll start building for that uh, France game. I think they've sort of. Uh, realise you can't just keep training, you can't keep flogging the dead horse all the time. You have to refresh and get yourself prepared again. Do you feel quite confident with the combinations we've got now? I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk about the combinations, particularly around the uh, the loose forwards, but you're confident that um, that Foster's got the team that or number one team to face France um, in seven days' time. Yeah, I think I think he does. I think and that's the thing. But then that sort of you hear all the speculation about. Um, oh yeah, I think was that the first time the All Blacks went to seven forwards on on the bench to, to sort of combat South Africa. I, don't, I think yeah. it's the first time I've ever seen that, that happen. So I'm not, yeah. So that sort of shocked me a little bit. But I think they've sort of yeah. I think they just have to believe in what they, what they were doing leading up to that uh, last game. Um, I think, yeah, so I think they just have to believe in what they're doing, and all those combinations were definitely working. And um, I think that, and that's the biggest thing you've got to got to have confidence in those combinations uh, from the very start. When you look at when you look at the best teams you've played with, Thomas, when you look at the the lead up to competitions, 
What's been standouts um, to actually, I guess, as a KPI or a significant characteristics in teams leading up to a tournament where it drives confidence and just that, that feeling that, you know, I guess you're almost unbeatable going in there. Uh, yeah, I don't think it comes down to training. So I think that's the thing. I think because you you spend so many hours on on the paddock and uh, coming up with different scenarios and uh, working out the teams that you you're going to face. But I think that's the thing. It's the lead up, the build up, where um, everyone from one to like 33 are in the squad pushing each other and making it a real competitive environment. That's where that's where the that's where you thrive. Um, if you take it all bit easy or you just have a couple of down sessions, and that's the thing, they all catch up because you're under pressure. Well, I've, it took me a while, but I, I realised that training, like if you train well, then the games are a lot easier. And I think that's the thing I'm trying to get across to these young kids. I think you've got to train the way you're going to play because sometimes you, if, you're not, if you're not there a little bit at training, you, that's where the mistakes fall off and you're under pressure and everyone's sort of looking at each other. Um, so yeah, I think I think the, the build up is the, is the main one. I think, and um, especially having a bit of fun as well, enjoying it off the field and being a cl- close lit, going going for coffees, but not not in ones or twos. You you going in coffees of maybe like ten or twelve, because everyone wants to be there and stuff like that, and everyone has a, a common interest for that end goal. Yeah, that, that's definitely something that I've felt in in teams that have been high performing is. You know, spending time off the park together, but authentically, not, you know, driven together forcefully where, you know, we're having a team dinner and everyone has to be there. You don't even have to call team dinners. You just find that the team just gravitates towards each other anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what, uh, and that's the one good thing because, you, 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 you have to rely on those people, like the whole travelling squad. And when you're in tournaments like this, um, away from home. Who who do you think will be driving most of that? Will it be the senior players? Will it be the coaches? Yeah, I think I think it will be the senior players. Um, I know from speaking to a few of the All Blacks a long time ago, like Ma Nonu and uh, stuff like that. Richie was well, he was big drivers of those um, uh, when I think during Steve Hansen's era and stuff like that. I think he definitely drove the culture, and I know Ma sort of got a not upset or something but he, he had to buy in and then I think when he once he did like he saw what he did for that black jersey it was unbelievable and I think it just took him a bit of time but then it was just yeah driven from those senior players and you buy in. If you don't buy in you you're not gonna you're not gonna succeed and when he did buy in and stuff like that, he was like he's one of our top all blacks and that's I think that and that's guys driving those environments and I am guessing they've got them there there like the, the White Locks, the Retallics, guys that have been there before and under those sort of leaders They'll be bringing them together, I think. Do you think that the power of the black jersey is still there? Oh, I don't know. I've I, I never, never quite got there, but um, but I think for me, it's the drive to get to the highest level. You want to, you're playing this game to to get to the highest point, and even though I didn't get the black jersey, I still went over to England to strive to be the best that I can, and 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 when you get to that point, yeah. You know you've achieved it, but then it's it's once you're there, you want more and more and more, and that's what pushes you. You want to be part of those big games and um, environments because you just because it's just the next level up, and and that's where you you, you strive. You just want to be there uh, time after time after time. But it does take a lot of hard work to get there. But once you get there, the, the feeling of it is 
is like nothing you you experienced before. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I'm sure all those those players, those senior players, they'll probably be feeling a lot of pressure, won't they? And who are those those senior players that are going to be key to this World Cup? Because I always believe that going into these tournaments, it's not about the periphery players; they'll play a part. But it's about those senior players that have to step up to the mask mark game in game out. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and that's the thing, most teams have got those. But for New Zealand, it would be would have to be the White Lock, the Retallics, um, the the Barretts, all, all probably all three Barretts that have. Uh, been there and done it, and, and all, all the and, uh, Aaron Smith guys that are like 100 test guys and close to the probably 80, 80s, 90s. Um, but that's the thing in New Zealand at the camp. You, probably, you have got quite a few players with a high number of caps that will definitely be driving it. And, and I, I remember always Eddie Jones was uh, when he got first got the job, and I think he had a special number of how many test match each player should have going to World Cup because uh, it's sort of that number represents the amount of pressure that you can handle and amount of games that you've gone under to, to actually go out and win the World Cup. And um, I mean, I think it was about 40 average that you think they, each player was roughly having. And I think if you look at New Zealand, they're, they're definitely close to there anyway. Yeah, did you feel that? I mean, you played for, for Wellington. You played your 80, 80 matches there. Do you feel that, you know, when expectation or the more senior you were, there was more expectation for you and more pressure to play? Uh, yeah, oh, you do, you do, and and that's where you sort of yeah, because you're you're driving and and you've sort of experienced most situations and um, and things like that. Yeah, especially like when you, other when we won the Ramfordy Shield in 2008, um, and then the pressure on the senior guys to lead that group the following week was uh, was very tough. I still remember it to, mm. to today. It's um, you want to celebrate it, but then you're trying to. Uh, you and then enjoy it, but then you got a game and then you got to defend it the following week. And I think we only had a five-day turnaround, um, and then just to back up and get the team going and stuff. I, I remember that was yeah, it was probably the hardest times because you you want to enjoy it, but then the pressure on was like, oh no, I've been there, I've done it, I've got all these all this experience. I need to give that to these younger kids to know that they can go in and, and do it as well. How how as a senior player do you mentally because. I suspect that the the pressure for the All Blacks in World Cups is more than most teams. Um, how do you shake that as a senior player and as a group? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think yeah, I know everyone's different, but like I say, I think that's the thing. It comes down to the the preparation, the training, and uh, things like that. And that's that's why I think is the main driver. That's why I reckon is, is um, yeah, they're coming from the the lead up of the week and driving that week to be successful really yeah I, I think that the strategy will be fascinating um, is it something that we're going to try and change during the World Cup you think or will we stick to one strategy oh no I think yeah there'll be there'll be quite a few strategies and stuff like that and um, no no I think there's there'll be definitely uh, two or three on on the on the cards but then it's just trying to figure out which one uh, suits each each uh, team moving forward. I know they'll probably have a different strategy from France to the the next pool game, and then moving away from the pool game to a quarter final. No, there's definitely all different strategies and and who they're playing, and that's what and that's what's good about it. You sort of um, have different style, and then then bring because the squad's so big, you're gonna have to bring on other people, and they'll probably change the dynamic of the um, game that you're trying to bring as well. 
Yeah, well, I, I know that, um, you know, a couple of our listeners have asked, uh, and they, they said Tyrell Lomax. They said uh, the loss of him. Do you think that's quite big, uh, heading into the competition? Uh, yeah, because it's not, it's not an injury. It's like a gash on his knee, isn't it, that he's um, been forced mm. out with? Um, so it's not yeah. Um uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because I know I've, I've had a few cuts on the knees and stuff. I know it takes ages to uh, heal and stuff like that, but it must have been the severity of it because I, I did see pictures of it. I think he came off pretty much straight away. But yeah, I think it's one of those, yeah, just stitch it up and if it, then if it rips open, you stitch it again or is there, must, is there things behind it? But no, I think he'd definitely be a big loss because he was definitely hidden in the straps or just the front row were anyway. Well, gun gun to your head here, uh, Thomas. Who's making the final? <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I mean, well, that's I mean, well, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I remember last time we had you on the show. You actually you made an amazing uh, prediction. I think I think it was a good prediction, wasn't it? I was thinking about it this morning. Because I think I took your uh, your prediction, and it might be one of the only uh, bets that we say you run a mile from that I got right. Uh, yes, so there was the, the draw, wasn't it? The famous draw, uh, New Zealand England. Yeah. So if yeah. they played in the final, it would be, it'd be a, a draw again. It would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and where are you gonna where are you gonna be watching it? Where are you gonna be watching this World Cup? You're gonna be with the kids. Uh, you're gonna record yeah, yeah, it. Cause it's, cause no, nah, it's, it's in the morning, so now nah, we're getting up and uh, the boys will be keen to watch it. They're uh, big into their rugby, so now nah, it'll be nice to, yeah, I know, towards the the final end of it, or the quarterfinals and stuff, I'm guessing, yeah, a, a few guys around the corner, a few of the rugby dads might want to have a barbecue and stuff like that, so it'll be, nah, it'll be nice, to, nice to get around and watch it anyway with a few people. Mate, this, that's the best memories as a youngster, isn't it? Waking up really early for the rugby in your robe, sitting on the couch, Watching, uh, watching international rugby, and I, I hope it's amazing memories for uh, you and your family. Let's hope that uh, you know New Zealand can lift the trophy because I know that that's what everyone expects. They expect nothing less from this team. There's a lot of expectations yep. on them, and um, yeah, we just we love having you on the show. Love your uh, expert uh, opinions, and uh, thank you very much for being on the Saturday session. I'll let Daniel know that you've made some outlandish predictions again. Oh, cool, yes. That'll be very good. Cheers, mate. And I'll have to talk soon. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Thomas. So, yeah. That was Thomas Waldrum, uh, former English Union rugby player and Wellington stalwart. Uh, great to hear his views. There was a lot to take in there. And I guess, you know, when you, you think about that interview there, it's probably more so unsure. There's uh, a, a lot of uh, question marks going into this Rugby World Cup, and that's because of the competition. Competition there, we're not too sure who's going to be in the final, but great to hear his insights. Um, after the break, let's hear. Text us, give us a call, 0800 Text us, double eight double three, And then at 12.34, we're going to be speaking to Blake Ashford, ex-Warriors Centre, to hear about the WAS and how they're going. Up the WAS, you after the break.